Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More from Eretz Yisrael. I'm still on my trip here. Last night, actually, was the Upsharon and my grandson, Ivri Tzur Ben Ayelet Nechama. It was a beautiful event, Baruch Hashem. And in the morning, I actually went on a hike with my granddaughter, and she shared with me a story that she really likes. And I think it's a very nice story. I'd like to share it with you. Once there was a man who lived with his family. They were very poor. They were blessed with many children, which actually is very rich. Our real wealth is our children, who are teaching Torah and mitzvahs to, to go in Hashem's ways. That's our real wealth. But um, in the regular sense of having money, he didn't have money. He didn't have a big house. Um, and life was very tough. As a matter of fact, his house was very crowded. Um, there was barely room for everybody. Um Baruch Hashem, that many children, which, as I say, is our real wealth, but still, physically, materially, it was difficult. And the crowding was very, very hard. So eventually he went to his rabbi and he said, Rabbi, what shall I do? My house is so crowded. There's barely room for us. And it's it's almost unbearable. We have Baruch Hashem, many, many children. We're blessed in that way. But living in the house together, it's, 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 it's almost impossible. The rabbi thought, sat and thought, and he said, I believe that what you should do is bring the cow that you own out of the barn and into the house. The man was very surprised at this answer. Obviously, if you bring the cow into the house, whew, it's just going to be seemingly impossible. The cow takes up a lot of room and makes a big mess and a lot of noise. Okay. But the rabbi said, so he went home, he told his wife what the rabbi said, and she was also very surprised. But she said, okay, this is your rabbi. This is our rabbi, and so let's do it. They brought the cow in. And, of course, the cow made a lot of noise and a big mess and ate a lot of food that maybe he wasn't even supposed to eat and made it so crowded. Now it was much worse. So the man went back to the rabbi and said, Rabbi, it did not work. The house now is even more difficult to live in than before. And it seems impossibly crowded and so dirty and messy and the cow makes a big mess and it's just not working. The rabbi sat and thought again very carefully and then he said, I think you should bring now the goats into the house. The man was very surprised. He didn't want to say anything out of respect for his rabbi, but he couldn't imagine how is this going to work. But he thought, okay, maybe the rabbi knows something that I don't know. And maybe this, the combination of the cow and the goat together, maybe this will make it work. So he went home and told his wife. 
And she was also surprised, but she said, listen, this is our rabbi, and let's do it. And they did. But uh, not to their surprise, it didn't work. And the goat made even more noise and a bigger mess. And he was eating all sorts of things that he's not supposed to eat. And now, after a while, it just became impossible to, to continue. And so the man went back to the rabbi. And he said, Rabbi, it's still not working, not with a cow, not with a goat. Okay, the rabbi said, he sat and thought, and he said, I believe that what you should do now is bring the chickens into the house. The rabbi seemed very serious. The man could not understand, but again, he thought, it's not really my place to question the rabbi. The rabbi is telling me to do this. Perhaps specifically now, after the combination of the cow and the goat and the chickens, maybe now it'll work. And he brought the chickens in, and of course, there was no miracle. The chickens made a big mess and a lot of noise, and there was hardly room to move. It was difficult, more difficult than ever. And finally, the man went back to the rabbi one last time. He said, Rabbi, it has not worked. It's so dirty, it's so noisy, it's so crowded. What shall I do? The rabbi sat and thought, and then he said, take out the cow and take out the goat, take out the chickens. Okay, the man went home and told his wife, and that's what they did. They put the cow back in the barn, they put the goat back in the barn, they put the chickens back in the barn. Of course, they had to clean the house. But after they cleaned the house, they felt there's so much room in here compared to the way it was with the goat and the cow and the chickens. This is a beautiful house. There's so much room. And it's not messy and stinky. There's not animal mess all over. And there's so much room to move around. And it's so quiet and calm. Thank you so much for the wonderful advice. Now our home seems so big and so clean and so orderly and so quiet and calm. Thank you so much. And that was the story. Now what can we learn from this story? Well, of course, one thing to learn is that we often don't recognize the brachas, the blessings that we have, until we don't have them. And perhaps this was part of what the rabbi thought, that this man, although he was blessed with many children and a wonderful wife and a house, um, but he didn't recognize how great those brachas were. And therefore, he was basically not realizing that the tremendous brachas that he had, okay, so the house was a little crowded or a little noisy or whatever, or maybe a lot noisy and crowded. But in the big picture, that he was blessed with a large and beautiful family, and he did have a house, that he apparently didn't recognize. And this also is something for us to always learn and think about, to be grateful to Hashem for everything which He gives us. Before we start thinking about how we need more from Hashem, although, of course, we always want Mashiach to come, that we are actually required to ask for. 
and to want and to want it in truth that no matter how good our life gets, even if we have a huge house and all sorts of other good things, but until Mashiach has come and the Gula has come completely, we are definitely missing something and we are required, according to Halacha, as the Ramam explains, that anybody does not desire and look forward to Mashiach coming is actually denying the Taita. Because the Taita tells us about Mashiach coming. But in addition to that, I think there's another lesson also, which is the importance of having a rabbi that one speaks to. That is to say, as it says in Pirkei Abbas, make for yourself a, a rabbi, which which means in the context of Pirkei Abbas, a mentor, an advisor. That is to say that when we look at our own situation in our own life, it's very difficult to be objective. We always are favoring ourselves. And sometimes what we need is an objective view, somebody that can look at it without favoring us. And that's one of the purposes of having a Selecha Rav, make for yourself a rabbi, make for yourself a mentor. Someone who is wiser than us and can help us look at our situation objectively. And everyone should try very hard to have someone like this in their life as the, as the Rebbe described it, that it's something which I call a Bakasha nafshis, that I really, really want everyone. I wish that every single Jewish person, man, woman, and child, would have a mentor. And I call it a Bakasha nafshis, which means a request for my soul. But really, it's much more than that, the Rebbe said. Only that there's no other words that are strong enough express it any better than the words Bakasha Nafshis and express a, a, a desire of my soul, a request of my soul. So this is something obviously that will bring Mashiach quicker. Each of us can improve our lives in many ways if we have a mentor, if we have a, a Rav. And that's one thing that this simple story teaches us that no matter what happened in the situation, although they felt that it was not the right thing to bring all these animals into the house, but they followed their rabbis, their rabbis' instructions. They followed followed their mentor's instructions. In the end, it was exactly what what they needed. May all of us improve in all areas of Torah mitzvahs, including a selach a rab, making for herself a mentor, having a rabbi or a rab that we go to, not just in halacha but also in guidance in our life. We have to have both, of course. It could be the same person. It could be different people. We have to have a rub that we go to with our questions in halacha and somebody that we feel at ease to call or speak to or text, get answers from, somebody who really makes makes themselves available to us, as well as a mentor. It may be the same person. or maybe different people that can advise us in our everyday life. As I heard that there was once a woman, or maybe there were a number of women, that sometimes they would um, go in to see the Rebbe when when time was more uh, available and the Rebbe's uh, waiting list was not so long, um, and asked the Rebbe what he thought he, she should make for dinner that night. 
So this is what we mean. I say Lacharav is somebody who can you can ask anything about. You ask ask about anything. Anything that's important to you in your life. And in this way certainly we will bring Mashiach quicker by adding a Torah and a mitzvah, learning all parts of Torah, increasing acts of goodness and kindness, especially learning about Mashiach and Gul, and especially starting today, which is, for me, the 17th of Thomas, to learn about the Beis HaMikdash. As it happened that the Navi, Yecheskel, was told by Hashem to give over to them his Nevuah, when the Yidden were in Babel, in Babylonia, in Gullus, deep in Gullus, about the base of Mikdash, that the final base of Mikdash would be built exactly this way and that way. And Yecheskel said to Hashem, Hashem, that's just going to upset the Jewish people more. Already they're so broken from being in Gullus. But the base of Mikdash was destroyed, and now they're in Babel. If I tell them about exactly how the base of Mikdash is going to be built, that's going to make them even sadder. Hashem said, no, exactly the opposite. When Yidin learn about the third, the final base of Mikdash, for us it's the third base of Mikdash for them, it was the second, but when Yidin learn about the base of Mikdash, exactly how it looked and how it was constructed and how it was built, I consider it, Hashem says, as if they have actually built, as if, as if they are actually building it. And so this is something for all of us to try to do during the three weeks, try to learn as much as we can about the Beis HaMikdash, especially as it's explained in the Mishnayas Midas and in the Rambam, Hilchas Beis HaBechira, the laws of the Beis HaMikdash, as well as everything else connected with the Beis HaMikdash, both in the revealed part of Torah, as well as in Chassidus, to learn the spiritual insights into the Beis HaMikdash. In this way, may Mashiach come very, very quickly, immediately, if not sooner. Thank you so much for joining us for Jewish Stories and more.